Gentlemen, welcome back to the Battleground Podcast. This is the podcast for Christian young men who are looking to live with sexual integrity and affect the world for Christ. Today we have a very special guest. I say that in all senses of the term. Uh, my brother, Zach Reinhardt. Zach is a father, a husband, a pastor, and many other things after that. So Zach, thanks for joining on the show. I'm honored. <laughs> well, good. I'd expect nothing less. Uh, I first met you back in the, the fall of 97, as I like to say. Mm. That was a rough first encounter, as I recall. <laughs> Actually, I don't remember at all. But anyways, really, thanks for jumping on. And uh, tell us a little bit about, give us a, a minute and a half bio of where you're at, what you're doing right now, what the last couple years of your life have looked like. We are in Hedgesville, West Virginia right now. I'm the youth pastor at Central Chapel, okay. and we just moved back up here from Florida. We were down there in Florida for uh, it was a year and a half, maybe give a little bit more, and uh, working at a church down there, All and right. it, was a, it was a good experience. Lots of friends down there, um, and then God had us come up here, so we're... Um, a little cooler, I'm sure. Definitely. <laughs> acclimating slowly i've been i think i'm getting there i've been wearing short sleeves outside in the winter i've even gotten a couple of comments from the locals like oh man you're you're getting getting settled in up you're not some soft florida boy yep i took that (laughs) took that compliment very well i i was glad to hear it good um good my wife phoebe and we've got Three kids, Bryce, Jay, and Bridget. Um, we're living in the living in the house right next to Central Chapel. Their parsonage is in a parking lot. The parking lot right next to the church there. So it's uh, it's good. It's very nice being right there. Um, we didn't have to worry about trying to find a house and moving up here. And yeah, makes life simpler. <laughs> yep. So you've got a uh, you've got a dog business. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You're selling some puppies lately. Yep, we've got German short-haired pointers, two of them. Okay. Um, I hunt with them not as much as I would like, but we breed them. They're AKC registered, so they're uh, they're fun to have, and I I enjoy having dogs. I like dogs, but yeah, good having them and being able to work with them and watch them run around and hunt birds is pretty fun. And then we have an American. XL bully and she's a year old so she's our she's just kind of our family pet there's not really a use for her other than other than I got a daughter so she's a little bit more intimidating of a dog but she looks intimidating she's a baby um nice nice yep but they're tearing up our yard good (laughs) so three kids three dogs uh eastern west virginia one wife all of these are good things. Uh, let's do a little little speed round. Can you throw out a couple books in the last year that you've read or liked? Um, doesn't have to be the last year. Could be any time. But yeah, no. books that Zach Reinhardt has been into and appreciated. Go. Well, thanks to you. Um, <laughs> well, it wasn't quite what I was looking for. But. A, I have not been a reader. I'm not. I would way rather watch a movie. Okay, but, we can we can do movies next. <laughs> um, but I've yeah, to your from your suggestion, I 
read Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Phoebe and I read that together this last year, and that was a very impactful book for us. So yeah, it's um, a banger. Yeah, from it starting, we started reading it in January, and just the timing of reading what we were reading in the stage of life we were in. There were a lot of things that we connected with there, and it just seemed like as we read the book more throughout the year, and our life changed as the book changed. Um, <laughs> nice. Lots of things we related with. I suppose so, that is a benefit of reading books that you can't finish in a week. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know how many pages it was. What is it? It's 500-something, it? yeah. and they're, they're big pages. And reading it together, I, we did not read it apart from each other, so... It was, we had limited time to read it with each other. So I yeah. think that stretched yeah. it out nice. over the nice. year. But that was a good one. Um, Radical Together read that this last year. And I'd point to that as being a, a really good one. It's David Platt. Yeah. Yeah. It's the corporate radical. The, I guess the first one was more of the individual. individual. And I haven't even read that yet. I have it, I just haven't read it. So. I, for some reason, I think I read volume two before volume one. Nice. But that was a very nice. good one. All right. Uh, let's jump to video games. Mm. I know you don't have loads of time, <laughs> but played any, played any fun games lately? Yeah. One that... Uh, <laughs> it's They've come back up. It's been a resurgence in my life. <laughs> Uh, the game okay. is called Insurgency, and it's. I really have not played video games much in the last three years. Um, I think during COVID, Phoebe and I, she she actually played with me. She downloaded Call of Duty Mobile on her phone, wow. and we played together, and that was fun during there that time. There you go. That's a moved out of that. redemptive use. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Good. And then. Uh, then I got a laptop computer from my brothers that got just passed around and I kind of bummed it off of them. Slash, they did give it to me. I probably could have paid him for it, but it's a gaming computer and I needed a laptop anyways. So having it and knowing the capabilities it has made me go, oh, I could download that game I used to play. So Insurgency, it's a first person shooter. Pretty realistic as far as like, you don't you don't shoot people 15 times before you break their armor and then uh. they knock they're knocked down and then they have the choice to revive themselves or not like it just sounds like a pretty unrealistic video game then yeah <laughs> so this is much more like much more camping and you know doing the objectives you're supposed to do and the people that play it are pretty hardcore so nice um, nice yeah it's it's been fun, 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 and uh, I'm sure we'll get into it. Well, yeah, we'll get into it in a sec. Hunting, fishing, any of that outdoor stuff you've been into lately? <laughs> yep, very recently. I've been trying to do some more goose hunting, but it's been pretty. If there aren't birds in your area, you can't hunt geese. So I've been watching, and with the cold weather we've had, just have not had. 
not the, I wouldn't even say the luck because I haven't even gone out. It's been me watching the places I <laughs> you have. You miss 100% of the yeah. shots you don't get out to take. I have not had, I've had permission to hunt, but then the birds aren't on the fields that I've had chances to hunt, so I just haven't gone out. Yeah. yeah but nice. I've turned that towards dove hunting and. Yeah, I went out dove hunting with you not so long ago. It's a good time. Yeah. It's fun. It's a little different up here than in Florida. Florida's where I learned I cut my teeth on the dove hunting game. Uh, and was there more doves in Florida than West Virginia? Yeah, I would say there are more. There's, as the winter, harsh winters up here push birds, migratory birds. Doves are uh, a migratory bird okay. field, so they fly down, and a lot of them end up in Florida. There's also more gators per capita down there yep. than in West Virginia as well. Yep. <laughs> I'm no ecologist, but... All right. <laughs> it changes the game of bird hunting. When you I bet see, it does. When you see videos of guys, they're talking about duck hunting. They shoot their ducks. The duck hits the water and their decoy spread. And you normally either have a dog you send out or you wait out there and your waiters and grab it. But these guys say like, oh yeah, we lose five or six ducks a day to gators just coming up and grabbing them in their decoy spread. So wow. It's a little different. <laughs> That'll make you think twice before you run out there to pick up your bird. Yep. But uh, good times. So as you, uh, as you know, this is the podcast for Christian young men who are looking to live with sexual integrity and, and affect the world for Christ. And I think both of those things are, are intertwined in a lot of ways. Um, so we try to take in mind the the big picture of where we are in the, the universal scheme. So, you know, obviously God put us on the earth to live in, have dominion, right? Be fruitful, multiply. Sin comes in, messes some things up. Jesus comes. <laughs> now there's a church age and we're right in the middle of that. So it's not as if the, the be fruitful, multiply, have dominion commands are negated or mm -hmm. done away with. But now we also have to go and make disciples and and we're still living with the effects of sin all around us. And we're looking forward to a, a new heaven, new earth. So um, let's let's talk about hunting and fishing and that outdoors stuff. Um, given where we are and just the God's grand plan, um, why why hunt and fish? I mean, I know it's fun, but just just give me a rundown of benefits, things that you've seen in your life as you've as you've gotten out there in the woods and uh, mm -hmm. had dominion in that way. Thoughts? Um, why hunt and fish? Um, for me, I would say main takeaway, especially now that I have. A family some of the purposes have changed where when I first started hunting and fishing it was a um, like I didn't have a family to be yeah I wasn't responsible for them and wasn't having to balance my personal time as much because I could just be like oh I've got the afternoon off I'm gonna yeah go hunt. yeah that's where a now if I've got the afternoon off you're, you're thinking <laughs> Uh, should I go hunt or has it been a while since I've been at home and helped do anything there? Right, so that could be, um, it's just something you have to be thinking 
much more about. But at the on the front end, it was just fun. Yeah, like, yeah. You're, you're learning something new, and yeah. I've always I enjoy learning new things and the challenge learning something new brings. Like it puts you in that yeah um, yeah that unknown and the you get to see progress. Um, all that stuff. And so then as you, as you find one thing to start getting into, whether it's goose hunting or deer hunting or turkey hunting or dove hunting or whatever, like each one of those things, you don't get into all of them at once. It's like you start one. And for me, it was uh, deer hunting. So I had a guy who like we fished when yeah. I was younger, we yeah. grew up, we had that a lake in front of our house nearby that mm -hmm. dad would take us out and fish and it was he was an opportunistic fisherman a fair weather fisherman so yeah if he could go fish and catch a fish every other cast <laughs> that was it and for us it was yeah I, I relate a little more to that type yeah. of fisherman no <laughs> fair weather fishermen are fishermen too yeah um they are <laughs> And, and for dad, though, it was something that he did because, like, I think he enjoyed it, but we also caught bass yeah. and we ate bass. Now, it's good eating. Yeah, which yeah. I didn't know, but I didn't, then, I didn't know bass, like, oh, that's a sports fish. And there are a lot of people who are opposed to eating bass. Mm. But when I was, like, they'll say, oh, there's worms in them and they taste bad and all of that stuff. But I, we didn't know any better. And we'd go yeah. catch. Yeah. We'd go catch two stringers of bass out of that place and fillet them up, and it was a fish fry. And For good days, yep. Yeah. So yep. food, the provision of food there, when Dad was fishing, providing food for the family, yeah. that was a, a plus. And then I would say the same thing for me now is going out deer hunting, though there is money spent in licenses and guns and ammo and all of that stuff. So it's not like you're sitting there saying like, oh, this is much cheaper meat than me just going to Walmart and buying it. But you know what you're putting in yeah. your body yeah. and it's it's better for you meat, like when yeah. you're talking organic yeah. and all that stuff. So pro the provision of food is yeah. would be probably the, the single greatest yeah. for me right now. Yeah, I hear you. And there's uh, <laughs> a, a couple things. The new putting yourself in novel experiences where you have to learn. I, something I'm seeing a lot in my life is if <laughs> odds are, if it's not on my phone and it's something I haven't done before, I'm going to be a better person because yeah. I tried it, you know. And <laughs> and so, yeah, the last gone out in the last month with you a couple times. And I felt like with the uncertainty of... All right, I'm shooting a gun out in the wild and I haven't, I just haven't done that a lot, but that's been such a neat, like, all right, you get the reps in and you become more comfortable and confident with each, you know, each thing, all of that's good. And, uh, and then with the food line there, Katie and I were laughing because taking a deer out back and cutting it up is the most natural form of, <laughs> you know, that's from, yeah. from the field to your table, but you look at that and see all the guts and think, oh man, this is gross. But that's way, <laughs> yeah. that's way better for you just with everything you're putting in your body than the processed stuff that you just take out of the package and think, oh, this is good and clean and I don't know where this comes from. It's, <laughs> it's funny the world we live in, but as if, if the goal is for us as young men to live in this world well, you know, as God has created us to do and bear his image well, having dominion well, then these are all really good 
these are good things to do. You know, you're not going to you're not going to get much closer to having dominion over the, the beasts of the field than, than being able to steward that gift of, yeah. of hunting and all. So yeah, yeah, cool. Um, can you think of any spiritual, <laughs> spiritual benefits or, or ways that's enriched your life, made you more of a whole man? I guess I, I know the food is a big one, but, mm-hmm. uh, being out with, um, being out in creation, it's, it's one of the just very special times you get to not have anything else going on, but you getting to sit and watch the sun come up or the sun not come up because it's cloudy and foggy and there's its own beauty there or the yeah. sun breaking through the, the clouds with snow on the ground and just the, like the watching the bird or listening to the birds come alive in the morning and all of that stuff. There is a spiritual component to that, that the secular world yeah. recognizes. Yeah. And Romans talks about, that's, I, I believe that's exactly what it's talking yeah. about is yeah. there's a reason a lot of, a lot of secular people say it's a spiritual experience is because yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and except they're, they're out there with interacting with the knowledge of a higher power a creator, a God, and sadly then majority look to the creation as that. Yeah. But we get to be out there and go, man, God created this and it is for our enjoyment and benefit. And we get to be in awe of the beauty that's there. Um, So that for yourself and then being able to take people out and experience that who aren't experiencing that. Like I've been in the hunting game, I, th- I would say since I was like 14 or 15 years old, interacting with it and yeah. getting into it where in the stage of life I'm at right now, um, getting to take Bryce out, he's four. We've gone out dove hunting a little bit and just getting to talk to him about like, wow, look at that bird. Like that is a, a yeah. really pretty yeah. bird <laughs> and God created that um, from that level to taking a teenager out deer hunting and just getting to hear him say man that's beautiful yeah. <laughs> looking at the sun yeah. coming over the top of the mountain there in front of us and then getting to say yeah it is <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know why yeah. and then <laughs> it's not hard the conversation just spills out I think, yeah. because it's so naturally yeah pointing to our creator and what he's created. Yeah, that's so. good. That's good. So there's a, a a spiritually enriching component for you and and being in God's creation which puts you I don't want to say closer to him and in the purest sense of that word but puts you closer to him and that you're in his handiwork. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's good. And then yeah, you're that's something I see and I I respect and I just think is cool turning that to a discipleship focus. And it's not hard to read the gospels and see Jesus in the outdoors. Yeah. <laughs> Either for his own time with the Father to pray, you know, get it in for a quiet quiet place or leading the disciples through. So yeah, yeah. these are all good. Uh and and I I love hearing you talk about it. Um because in the last couple of months, it's something that I've I've gone out with you a couple of times, and it's 
I'm feeling the effects of those those nutrients, uh, yeah. so to speak. Which is a if, if you're gonna live well as a young man in this uh, in this age, you need some of that. <laughs> you know, you can't be scared of God's creation that He said you got to have dominion over it. So it's, these are all. And in our world where we are, where we are busy and going and going and going. hunting does make you be still yeah yeah (laughs) so a psalmist the psalmist saying be still and know that i am god when you are being still in the woods and there's not a lot going on you're just looking around yeah and you are alone with your thoughts um and one of the things i've had to do more this year which i do think i have some regrets like thinking back over this last year because it's been one of the first years where I've just had my phone in a place where I have cell service. Like both uh, of the places that I was hunting, I had cell service the whole time. Where some of the places I've hunted in the past, I don't have cell service. So it does limit your phone uses naturally. But now that I've got it out there with me, the temptation to just be on your phone <laughs> while you're out there hunting. Yeah, and yeah. so you aren't being still so much. And that's one of my regrets from this last season mentally being still it allows everything to just there's nothing going on yeah you're just looking around yeah. and your mind is free to be thinking about the good or the bad that yeah <laughs> has happened yeah. over the last little bit um yeah yeah so i guess that's another <laughs> yet another big benefit is just that we have a, a very hard time stopping to be alone with our thoughts or with god so uh there's a lot of upside, you know, if you do it well. And I know that I guess there are ways to abuse it. You can idolize it like anything, but yeah. um, gentlemen, don't be afraid to get out, get out of nature. And heck, even if it's not with the gun to kill something, although that's its own fun. Yeah. You know, I think Mr. Skaggs, our college uh, camping major director, he had us all go out without a gun and just sit, yeah. <laughs> sit and do it. So that's a... Uh, yeah, lots of benefits if you're looking to live well in this age. Um, so let's get out of the woods, go back home um, into the, the virtual world of video games, which <laughs> if you're listening and uh, or if you're sitting around the table here, <laughs> video games are, are not going away um, and they're everywhere and they're fun. So tell us about... You talked about insurgency for a little bit. Um, as a dad, as a husband, as a youth pastor, I guess we'll start with the redeeming factors. What are the what are the good things about video games, and how can they be used well? How are we to relate with them well um, in yeah. this age? The competitive nature of guys being able to go on and play against people yeah. and win and lose yeah win well and lose well you (laughs) or win well and lose unwell yeah (laughs) so that's one of the reasons i've been able to justify getting back into it a little bit more over this last couple of weeks is just because i talked i've talked with a couple of guys and said hey would you want to get back onto this game yeah some night because guys that i haven't talked about carlton yeah Yeah. our, our cousin or riley my younger brother um, who we I can go for a month and not talk to yeah. my yeah. younger brother or go for 
several months and not talk yeah. to my cousin. So I would hope then that as we do this, it comes back on us to be proactive. But my, my ulterior motive is ulterior motives are being able to spend time with them. Yeah. I love playing, so don't yeah. get me wrong. And I could very yeah. easily turn that into something where I'm just playing by myself. Um, but being able to hop on Discord, which is an app that allows you to be in a conversation with everybody else while you're playing the same game. So it's just, it's yeah. fun. Yeah. There's a lot of fun involved there. Yeah. Um, the camaraderie. Yep. Yep. And God, God made us for fun. <laughs> so the, the, the pure pleasure is a gift from mm-hmm. him. And I, I think you're spot on. I think I, I see that as probably the biggest redemptive factor to something that can be terrible, yep. <laughs> terribly abused is that if you can use it relationally, then that, you know, that triples its value to triple kill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Headshot. Um, and then we are, we are made to, to gain skill, uh, mastery. We are made for conquest, all of these things. I think my, my holdup is that it can be a, a drug giving us mastery that just doesn't, mm-hmm. <laughs> just doesn't matter for much, you know, and, you know, with Pong, the OG, you can get really good at that. And then Pac-Man, you know, you can, yep. <laughs> and then you keep going until now you have kids who've spent their whole life playing Fortnite and are really good at it. Um, but for the vast majority of us, obtaining an absurd level of mastery at a video game doesn't have a load of benefits for living in this in this life that we have now yeah. and that's a yep that's a tricky thing and um, so you have to hold it and you have to keep it in the balance that it needs to be in yeah i'm i was listening to something yesterday that was i really didn't want to listen to it because it's exposing <laughs> me <laughs> One of those things where you know going into it, you're like, this is going to be painful. <laughs> um, but it was it was just a guy talking about how just screen time is bad for us. And yeah. the, the studies being done or have been done that are looking at the brain scans of addicts and then looking at the brain scans of of your average person today interacting with a screen yeah, and that the brain scans are identical. It's not like there are similarities. It's like, it's like the heroin addict brain scan and the brain scan of somebody who's addicted to screens, same thing. So then you're like, well, I'm not addicted to screen time. That's would be our, our out. Right. Yeah. But then when we're honest and our, our notification comes in on Sunday morning, that says we've spent three hours a day, four hours a day, five hours right, a day right. on just our phone screen. Right. And then I'm like, okay, I have got a, a computer screen in my life that I know I'm looking at for work yeah. most of the day. Yeah. And then a TV screen that I know I look at. Um, those knowing that then saying, all right, now I'm going to add in, video game screen time and uh, uh, trying to justify it 
Yeah. It's something yeah. that I really, that is something I'm thinking through and I'm not, I'm not to a point where I'm like, Oh, that's what I'm doing. Obviously I'm, I'm playing a game. I'm choosing yeah. to do that. Yeah. But just thinking through that stuff. And I think that's a good place to be is be evaluating and thinking through, is this stuff right now in this stage of life that I should be interacting yeah. with can be. Yeah. And this is not, this is not going to go away. Yeah. I, there's just, there's going to be more screens in our life going forward. I, d- I don't think less. And it might be some of the cigarette factor where the studies are already coming out pretty clear that the, the social media world is not healthy for us. So it'll be interesting to see in the next 10 years, how we can pivot to maybe use them in, in still a healthier way. But again, we're going to be navigating. Am I giving my attention to it? Um, am I using it as a tool or um, is it using me? That's uh, yeah, those are tough questions. So good. Um, let's, I mean, unless you have any other thoughts, let's roll on to uh, family, sexual integrity. Um, this is a, yeah, this is a needed conversation, and mm-hmm. you are, well, you have three kids, so I'd assume you're pro-sex and <laughs> in some form or yes. another, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, good, good. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I know you're well aware as you've listened to the pod a little bit here and there, but the goal here is to have good and just healthy conversations um, about God's gift of sex mm-hmm. and, and human sexuality, and again, how can we how can we manage our sexual capacities well in, in a fallen world and in a church age and in a digital age where, <laughs> where there's lots of attacks. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess I can, I'll, I'll open it up and you can take it, take it the direction you want, but we both grew up in a, a big family with a dad and a mom who cared mm-hmm. um, a lot more than lots of parents cared. And so I think that's a, that's a bonus and a blessing from God that we have. And, and I know dad had, you know, several conversations that I can look back on of wanting to be proactive and, and avoiding pornography. And, and they didn't, they didn't avoid these hard talks. Um, but as, as I know, and you know, we still had our own road to walk, so to speak. And you can't, uh, it's, it's virtually impossible now with two to go through your teen years without being exposed to something. So yeah, um, I think of growing up in an independent fundamental Baptist kind of conservative church that we weren't very good at having hard conversations um, outside of just very hard don'ts. Uh, so, you know, thoughts on growing up in that world, being a teen with the sex drive and developing and sharing your reflections you have. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess the direction that I would maybe take this conversation for the sake of time we have here. Yeah. It's just like the, I'm, I'm in a position now where I'm a dad and I am getting to watch. I'm going through this video series. It's like a, a course, like class, like thing put out, I guess, affiliated with proven men. Um, but they, it's called the sex talk. specifically geared towards parents and helping parents with this whole idea of the sex talk. Yeah. And obviously you're going to have to have it with your children. So, um, 
but so much of it is going through and talking to the parents of the children and saying like helping you debrief what happened in your childhood and how that yeah. can taint yeah. or strengthen you as you're facing this with your own child so reflecting on what went well and what didn't go well yeah. Yeah. um one of the things most recently that i just listened to was it's not if but when okay your child will face will see pornography yeah and yeah. the statistics of like whether it's five years of age or six years of age yeah. right now yeah um will be the first interaction with pornography that your child has um i I read that through the lens of how I grew up and we, I, that was, that number was definitely way further off for me. I was older than five or six. Yeah. Um, but with as sheltered as we were, I still had, I was still exposed to pornography in a place that my parents would never have been thinking I would be exposed to pornography. So we were, um, I was in a a working a job setting yeah. with a guy who from our church I got to go out there bike out there it really was a cool setup of me yeah. getting to I biked like 13 or 14 miles out to their house to work in the summers and it was it was great I loved yeah, it uphill both but, ways um, yeah and just the the connection was so crazy even me thinking back over how it all happened but that guy had a friend who was not i guess spiritually not doing well at all just had gone through a divorce and he was helping him out so he was around the farm there on occasion and i my guess is he threw some stuff away in the garbage can of the the barn that i was working in yeah and so not not looking for it at all yeah walking by a garbage can and looking yeah. down and seeing a magazine in there that shouldn't have or pages of a magazine yeah. that shouldn't have been in there uh, so it really did it caught me off guard and i think initially i walked away but then just the that overwhelming urge of temptation to go back and look at it so that that exposure there completely away from my parents yeah yeah them not having any sort of knowledge there wasn't like a oh this popped up in our yeah in our covenant yeah. eyes feed and said you looked at this it was it was virtually yeah. undetectable yeah. by them so i got to i hid that for a while which did not sit me in a good place yeah as far as the next couple of years hiding that because I really didn't want to bring it up at all. Like the shame yeah. and the guilt yeah. of saying, yeah, this is what I looked at. I chose to go back and look at that. Um, that kept me in, I was held in the grips yeah. of that. Yeah. So, and I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll pause you right there, <laughs> but that, I mean, that's ev almost everybody's story. Yep. <laughs> if it wasn't, if it wasn't the magazine at someone's house, it was the iPod or the friend, <laughs> over in the treehouse, you know, that's just, yep. that's the, that's the day we're living in. So yeah. Um, as far as church, do you recall from youth group or, or how was it addressed at the Christian school we went to? 
Um, I I would love to say that there were there were things mentioned like that maybe I wasn't picking up on or just wasn't paying attention to. But I, <laughs> like I think in general, it just wasn't talked about. It was a it was don't look at pornography. It's bad. It'll ruin you. And there were occasions. There were a couple of guys, you know, that we interacted with who we knew were saved out of bad backgrounds and they were the ones typically saying like stay away from all this stuff you know um so like that was good but it didn't set you up for when you were exposed to it what to do next and that's one of the things right now as i'm listening through this this resource of the sex talk i'm really appreciating from them is because they're talking about um, when you're exposed or when your child is exposed before they're exposed, you are talking to them about what to do. Like this is, it's not a, you don't have to feel shame and guilt. And in fact, this guy says, I actually would the first time interacting with my child doing this, I would sit down with them and apologize to them and just say like, I'm sorry that that's something that you had to look at and see because that's yeah. not the way this is supposed to be yeah. and in the world yeah. we live in it's messed up yeah. <laughs> and you're feeling the effects of that where like even listening to that that guy say that to me it was like unearthing stuff in my own chest that I was like ah oh, man like I teared up a little bit because me thinking all the way back to the first time I was yeah. exposed to pornography not having that conversation with a parent who I know I probably could have talked to about it, but there just wasn't the groundwork laid for when this happens, this is what you do. Yeah. And, uh, so that's where, that's one of the things that right now, at least in the stage of life I'm in. The, the church, uh, camps that the churches that we grew up in were more, um, I don't want to say legalistic straight up, but more law oriented um, in in general. And I'm not saying that as a total jab or diss because there's much good. The self-discipline really is great that you learn there. Um, But especially in this area, like, yeah, in hindsight, I wish there could have been a little bit more. Well, that's the awful sinful stuff Mm -hmm. (laughs) and a little bit more how how does God's grace reach you in all of that? Um, yeah, yeah, precisely that. I hear you. I think that that, so that idea of having the groundwork laid for when this happens, um, that, that means there has to be conversations about it ahead of time. So that, like, that moves forward even into, like, the dating relationship stuff where there was just, like, for me, I was first born, so my parents, they were rookies <laughs> at the game. Um, they're learning still, and my parents will say that. My dad will say that. Like they, they were learning. Yeah, careful, we might have me. them back on yes. the pod here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and referring back to what Zach said in episode twenty-nine. Right. right. Um, but so I'm. This isn't saying something to to bash our parents, but. I think that there are things that they, looking back, would say, oh, we wish we would have done that differently. Yeah. And one of the things for me is I would say, I, I really wish we would have had 
some more in-depth conversations about the temptations that will arise not just oh don't touch a girl yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. um like don't look at pornography don't touch a girl and it yeah very yeah. similarly um the setups for those situations i think really could prepare you for success rather than you being in those situations for the first time something you doing something you're like oh well i regret that but then not knowing exactly what to do after that yeah because then you're held in the clutch again and it's just that yeah the vortex the spiral thing <clears throat> so a a recurring theme then and i i think the church at large is improving at this but we have to be willing to have conversations that on the onset are uncomfortable but in the end just breed life and yep. And being pro-sex, which means being anti-sexual sin in these attacks, um, but making sure we're leading with your sex drive is a good thing. The fact that <laughs> that God gave you a penis that, that gets hard and does all these wild things that you're like, holy cow, why, <laughs> why do I like girls so much? And again, mm -hmm. I, I'm talking from years of being in a an IFB world where, again, we just didn't... <laughs> There wasn't a lot of that, that, oh, you're a 14-year-old boy that, <laughs> that gets boners all the time, you know, and and then you do, you interact with the porn somewhere, and that's, that's a whole world that you're living in, yeah. that if you drew a Venn diagram, the part that's being addressed in public really is just don't, <laughs> and yeah. that's, yeah, so we have to have, we gotta be telling our young men, whether it's in our family, or our youth group, or our small group, um, or, or our men from the pulpit, that your your sexual capacities the pleasure that it can bring about the procreation this is all good you know this is a gift from god and and because we want to use it in a way that honors his his design for it then we really have to work hard um given the the nature of the last 15 years of the tech boom uh all of that so i cut you off talking about not just talking about the the porn world and how that can be a private exposure, private guilt, but then in your relationship when you're around a girl for the first time who's willing to to be physical at all with you, mm -hmm. whether it's holding hands or or making out or more. Um, the private world of that just between you two, if you go too far and you know that, uh, who do you go to and when? You know how are there other ways to address that, or how do we speak to young people? Or maybe you just talk to young men right now who are dating. What do you say? What do you say to those guys who are listening? Have have somebody that you can talk to, like not your girlfriend or fiance, but have somebody. It's laying the groundwork ahead of time. So if you're in it already and you're there, reach out to somebody and just be honest, yeah. because um, wherever you're at. And whatever sins have been committed and mistakes made, like it's better to yeah. <laughs> find somebody yeah. and stop and yeah. get help and counsel. And no, it doesn't mean like, oh, I, the answer is we need, we're done. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, that isn't always what it means. But um, for somebody who's like thinking about or looking into the dating game and going, oh man, I think this girl might like me and we're, we're on the front end of this stuff. 
you need to realize you are the one who is you're the man yeah and the power and control you have is so easy to take advantage of as the guy you you can take a girl who in all senses of the word is a good girl and in the sexual tension that's just there in some of the moments of a dating relationship you can take things too far with her yeah. like it, it's you don't say oh it couldn't happen to me or we really aren't like it can and it does all of the time and where i'm i would raise my hand and say there are major regrets that i have from taking things too far but not then even having a a place to go without it being like if i bring this up i'm gonna <laughs> yeah the relationship's yeah. done like it, it, i don't yeah <laughs> so several uh again several good points there if you're in a relationship right now and and you've gone far with your girlfriend whether it's <laughs> whether it's all the way whether it's you know, feeling each other up, whether it's your hand up her shirt, whether it's just making out long and long and hard. Um, you, one of the healthiest things you can do if you're looking to honor God with your relationship from now till the altar and after that is going to another brother, you know, preferably an older in the faith or more mature and saying, this is how far I've gone with my girlfriend. Yeah. And if, if you can have that conversation, you're going to reap so many rewards that's life-giving for you to confess to a brother. Um, that's essentially building a wall back up from you going back to that sin again with her. Then you've got to do the hard work of having the conversations with her about, okay, I, I failed as a man and, and leading and not, yep. not setting boundaries and all, all of that's, uh, all of that's important. Um, and the, the adage is true. The devil will get you to do, he wants you to do as much as you can before you're married and as little <laughs> after you're married, you know? So again, it's not, it's not the desire for it. That's, mm -hmm. that's the issue. It's, it's the time and place and, uh, got to exercise the self-control. So good. Yeah. Can I, can I say, or add this in is like, if you're the guy in the position where you have, you've definitely gone too far like the healing that is available there is it's not all is lost um we have to be done like god can give victory and things can get better and it doesn't necessarily mean like oh i'll never be able to have a successful working marriage after this like yeah there will be things that you deal with as consequences to your the sins committed prior to marriage yeah. and that carries over into marriage like yeah. undeniably it will be there but um god gives healing in all of that too and it's a pretty neat thing where i my wife and i we are coming up on six years of marriage which is crazy to say because it does not feel like it's been six years but that looking back on our relationship where we are now, um, I thought I 
I thought I loved her <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> and people, I've, I've heard men say this and it just does not make, it never made sense to me. I'm like, how can I love her any more than I love her right now? Yeah. Um, because it, like, yeah, you do love her, but that love grows and changes and deepens. And to be able to look back and go like, man, I'm so glad we're at the place we're at now where God has provided healing and forgiveness and it's there, but it has to be tapped into. Yeah. Like you have to, you have to have the moments of reconciliation and confession. Those difficult times need to be there yeah. and to get over that hump. And then it's, it is really cool how God will still use you and work. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. There's grace to be found and it's a lie of the devil a trick of the devil to keep you in the guilt and uh, guilt and shame and isolation. Um, yep. Don't stay there. Yeah, good stuff. Well, I, <laughs> we should probably land this plane right now because the the plane could keep flying. But uh, I, I guess I, I want to end in a a positive light and, and springboarding off off what you said after six years of marriage, specifically with sexuality. I think there's kind of a way where if, if you grew up in a Christian setting where you, you may not have been perfect sexually, whether it was porn or masturbation or you went too far with your girlfriend, you know, maybe you tasted of those fruits before marriage. Uh -huh. God's kind, kind enough in his grace and mercy, giving you a wife and that you get to enjoy sex with. Um, I think it's amazing how, at the onset, those that first year of marriage or so, it's really like, <laughs> holy cow, sex is awesome and free and wonderful. And it is. Um, but as time goes on, what it means for your relationship and coming together almost as, uh, I've heard people say, as covenant renewal, there's a, a depth there. Um, again, you, you become one flesh, and as you live that out through the good and the bad and the hard and the easy of... <laughs> of life committed to each other, uh, it, it, sex just gets better. Like yeah. it, there's a, it's so much more meaningful than just a, a biological hormonal. Oh man, I gotta, <laughs> gotta get this out of my system. It's yeah. a, yeah, it's an awesome gift from God. So uh, no matter where you are on the, on the scale, whether you're a teenager who, who has no girlfriend, whether you got a girlfriend, you're in college, whether you're engaged or married, fight the good fight. Um, for, for God's good gift here. Strive to bring all of your capacities under his will, uh, but especially this one, and, and the rewards are great. Sex is good. So, all right, uh, Zach, thanks so much for being on. This has <laughs> been a rolling conversation, covered <laughs> covered several <laughs> things, but, but lots of good stuff. So uh, appreciate it, and uh, wish you success in your ministry at... Uh, central there as you're taking off settling into your second year now or uh, no it's we're we just got through half a year so wow. <laughs> yeah it's only been six months seems like forever you've been an hour from me <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep no thanks for having me yep i enjoyed it uh, good all right gentlemen hope the uh conversation was a blessing to you today do uh Share share it with a brother if, if you found it uh, refreshing or engaging or, or encouraging. And until next time, keep fighting. Mm -hmm.